0: Hello, ladies, and welcome to the table. This is the Adorno Podcast, and I'm your host, Julie Charles. When this episode airs, uh, we're going to be just past Thanksgiving, so I thought it'd be a good time to talk about being thankful. So we're going to continue the series we've been doing on biblical beauty by talking about what it means to have a thankful heart. At Thanksgiving, it's a common practice of many to sit around the tables loaded with food and have everyone say something they're thankful for. For some, that's an easy thing to do. Common replies are family, friends, warm houses, good food, and the list goes on. Everyone feels warm and happy and smiles beam from everyone's faces at all the good things the Lord has done for us. Or given us. But what if I said that that list is incomplete? What if someone sitting at your table pulled out their list and it included the flat tire on the way here, the cancer diagnosis last week, the job lost five months ago, the child laying in a hospital bed? Would we still smile and feel warm and happy? Talk about a mood killer. And yet, that is precisely what the Bible tells us to do. I'm going to read from a few different translations, but 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in everything, for this is the will of God toward you in Christ Jesus. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I think you get the point. It doesn't say in just the good things give thanks. It doesn't say to be thankful when it's easy. It says, in all things, in every circumstance. Easier said than done, I say. But the end of that verse says, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. If you are a woman of God, if you long to do God's will, something that is beautiful in God's eyes is to have a thankful heart in all circumstances. And that will probably require practice. If we back up a little in our verses in 1 Thessalonians 5 and start at 16, it says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. While in the trouble, it's hard to thank God for that trouble. But our helper, the Holy Spirit, will bring to our awareness how we are to be rejoicing in that trial, if we ask Him to but we also can't ignore his leading and prompting if we ask him to do that. That requires us to be dying to ourselves and our fleshy need to want to be angry about the trouble we're facing. It requires us to not get stuck in the rut of self-pity for having to deal with whatever that trouble is. But if the trouble is more than just a flat tire or another interruption to our already packed schedule, In our community Bible study, we're going through the book of Job right now, and I have to tell you, that is a rough book. If you've never read Job, I encourage you to go do read it. But for a brief outline, Job was a good, very wealthy, godly man who loses absolutely everything. All his lands, animals, all ten of his children, and his health. He was once a prominent man in the community, but now is an outcast sitting on a pile of ash, scraping at his skin. Three of his friends come along and try to comfort him, but end up doing anything but. Toward the end of the book, we see this good godly man, who was called blameless by God himself, say that he's had enough of all this. He wants an audience before God himself, and he's going to make God explain himself. And wouldn't you know it, God shows up. But God does no explaining. God gives Job a glimpse into who he is, and Job is speechless. The holiness, awesomeness, and majesty of God is all the answer Job needed for why he was forced to endure this pain. One of the main things we learn through Job is that all our affliction is allowed by God for our good and His glory. All the trials and tribulation that Job had to face were not only allowed by God, but it was God who pointed out his servant Job to Satan to torment. Satan did not go to God and ask to inflict pain on Job. God pointed Job out to Satan. And yet, while we may have a hard time with that, while we can sit back and look at it and go, well, that's mean. That's not fair. The ending of the book of Job has us all staring into the holiness and majesty of God. God asks of Job. Will you even put me in the wrong? Will you condemn me that you may be in the right? R.C. Sproul said that that is the question that every Christian must face in the house of mourning. There are those of you who may be experiencing inexplicable pain right now. That pain, that all-encompassing, crippling, mind-numbing pain, that pain that demands an answer, that demands a reason for it. Out from that pain. Am I going to put God in the wrong? Am I going to condemn what he allowed that I might be right? Well, I like to give myself a pass and use the excuse that pain made me do it, who do I think I am? Am I going to crawl up onto God's throne and stand as judge over him? And that doesn't just apply to the big painful circumstances. What about when things just aren't going my way? What about when I'm just uncomfortable? Am I going to stand in judgment over what he is allowed to happen, what he has prepared for me, what he would have me go through for my good and his glory? God goes on to ask Job in 41 verse 10 through 11, Who then is he who can stand before me? Who has first given to me that I should repay him? Whatever is under the whole heaven is mine. These are hard questions to answer, but it is precisely in these circumstances that I need to remember who God is, whose I am, that He has allowed this pain for my good, even when I can't see the good right now, and rejoice and give thanks. You may be thinking, You have no idea what I'm going through and how much it hurts. And I would say, You're right. But He does. He knows better than even you do, and He still allowed it. For your good. Remember, God says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. Again, you may be thinking, It's not good. It doesn't feel good. And again, I would say, It doesn't feel good but God sees the other side of the tapestry he's weaving. While we see the snarls and tangles, he sees the beauty and the good. Trust him, especially when it doesn't feel good. Run to him and pour out your heart to him. Ask him to teach you how to rejoice in the pain and give thanks for it. After you've read Job, I encourage you to read 1 Peter for an answer to the why we have to endure hardships. After you have suffered a little while, God will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. 1 Peter 1, 6-8 in the New Living Translation says, With this hope, you can be happy, even if you need to have sorrow and all kinds of tri- trials for a while. These tests have come to prove your faith and to show that it is good. Gold, which can be destroyed, is tested by fire. Your faith is worth much more than gold, and it must be tested also. Then your faith will bring thanks and shining greatness and honor to Jesus Christ when he comes again. You have never seen him, but you love him. You cannot see him now, but you are putting your trust in him. And you have joy so great that words cannot tell about it. Our eyes need to be fixed on Christ and looking to the things that are unseen. 2 Corinthians 4, 16-18 says, So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us eternal weight of glory, beyond all comparison, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Our troubles are temporary. When you're in the thick of it and can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, know that no matter how long it lasts, it's temporary. And know that God is very present help in times of trouble. Know that he is working this into your life for your good, but ultimately for his glory. And give thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. C.S. Lewis said, We ought to give thanks for all fortune. If it is good, because it is good. If bad, because it works in us patience, humility, and the contempt of this world and the hope of our eternal country. James tells us to count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Perfection and completeness. Christ's perfection and completeness is the beauty that God is working into each of us, ever conforming us to the image of his Son. That comes in part when we remember who God is, who we are in him, and have thankful hearts. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving all year long, giving thanks to our great God for the good and the bad, with beautiful, thankful hearts. If you have any questions or comments that you'd like to pass along, or if there's a specific topic that you'd like us to talk about, or if you'd like a written copy of any of the podcasts, please email us at adornopodcast at gmail.com. Join us next time at the table.